This is a Biagi Films podcast. This podcast is produced in the concrete jungle, in the Big Apple, in the city that don't sleep, in the city of dreams, produced in New York City and downloaded in over 11 countries worldwide. This is the podcast where we talk business, we talk industry, we talk shit, we motivate, and we get things done. Welcome to The Rise. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Rise. As you know, we took the summer off. Things got a little crazy. It was hard to get guests on the show because everybody wants to take those beautiful months and go travel and be on vacation instead of focusing on on their dreams and their passions. Uh, But here we are. We're back at it. We're recording new episodes, bringing you new content each and every week. This week, I have uh, an awesome guest. Um, Him and I go way back. We used to work together. Uh, I got Linz on the phone with me right now, uh, Linz of Linz Productions. Uh, he's an audio engineer here in New York City. He works with a lot of the, uh, what would you say, the underground hip-hop scene in New York City? Yeah, Louis I would say up-and-coming um, New York City urban artist, um, but I, I work with anybody. as well. As, I'm also a videographer as well. That's like my new part of the profession under the production label. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So I asked Lynch to come on the show, uh, and to, to be quite honest, I've been trying to get him on the show now since I started the podcast, just our schedules have always uh, clashed. We've never been able to get a piece of each other's time long enough to actually do an episode, so I'm very grateful for your time today. I'm glad I could talk to you today, too, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you and I have actually had phone conversations, uh, you know, over the last eight months or so since I actually launched this podcast, and one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the show is because... When I hang up the phone with you, you know, I, it, it, it's you're you're one of one of the few people that I can actually 100% entirely talk shop with and not get frustrated. Uh, and when whenever I hang up the phone with you, I find myself actually getting inspired and motivated to do something uh, a little bit greater on my end uh, for myself and what I'm trying to achieve and accomplish which is, you know, basically why I, one of the reasons I started this podcast was to kind of uplift and motivate and inspire others to, to mm-hmm. you know, trim the fat in their life, cut the bullshit, and go after what it yeah. is they really want out of life. Oh, and, yeah. every oh, time yeah. I, and every time I hang up with you, I get that. Like, I, I get that kind of inspiration mm-hmm. from you. So I'm really, really happy to have you on the show um, because you get it. You, you, you do. You, you understand the business and you understand – what goes into it, and you're as passionate about what it is you do as I am about what I'm trying to do. So it's a good chemistry. Got it. Well, thanks. I really appreciate that introduction. And you're right. One thing about what we do as being entrepreneurs is always going to be focusing, you know, just follow your dreams and, and, and be artsy. Just, you know, just create something out of nothing. And, you know, then pass, and pay it forward and pass it on to people. Um, the, uh, the whole study of what we're doing as far as the hours put in for reading books, or going to tutorials, or going to people that's notarized that do the same kind of work we do, you pick up a lot of a lot of knowledge. So when you talk to somebody that's kind of on the same path, it becomes easy. It's like our own language. 
So you're supposed to get inspired. This is what everybody did in the beginning of time for that got us to this level, you know? So I'm glad I could help out. I'm always here for you, my brother. You know that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Likewise. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, you're born and raised in New York. Oh, yeah. Lower East Side. Yeah, Lower East Side. Lower East Side. <laughs> born and raised. We're actually, yeah. I mean, if you go as far back as the 60s and 70s, that's where some of the legendary musicians used to live and hang out in back then. Um, oh, yeah, the East What was it like yeah. growing up? What was it like growing up in the city, dude, you know, throughout the 80s and 90s? Um, you know, when, 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 when the music culture was really taking over the city, you know, you had all these, all these music venues that were hosting unknowns that like CBGBs that later on became these huge mainstream, uh, you know, artists. You had, uh, you know, the beat, you, 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 the break dancers and, and, you know, I keep thinking of, uh, you know, I keep thinking of, of Do the Right Thing with, with Spike Lee, the movie Do the Right Thing, mm-hmm. where everybody's walking around with boom boxes playing their favorite music. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but you also have, you also have, you know, you, you also have the culture in New York City of, you know, mm-hmm. especially you dealing with up-and-coming urban artists yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You, you also have the culture in New York City of, you know, the Wu-Tang Clan and oh, yeah. uh, Notorious B.I.G., uh, mm-hmm. Jay Z, and I mean I don't really know if you want to throw Diddy in the mix, but you know. Oh, yeah, so yeah. What, mm-hmm. Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> no, I was just going to ask you what, what, what was it like? Because I'm I'm not from New York. I grew up in New mm-hmm. England. I grew up in a very small town, uh, mm-hmm. very removed from anything you would have experienced uh, in New York City in terms of of mm-hmm. music culture. You know, you guys listen to the music. Uh, that was on the radio long before I got to listen to it. You know, it came to me, yeah. he, you know, three months after you first heard it, and then that was the first yeah. time I heard it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so you behind. Yeah, you behind. I, I, I was behind the times a little bit, right? Right. You're, you're already on the next single, and I'm still getting into the first yeah. one. Um, so, you know, what was it like, though, like growing up in New York City and being surrounded and encompassed by that culture uh, yeah. and, you know, that music culture that really took over New York City in the 80s and 90s? Well, I'm uh, I'm use the word that you said earlier in the podcast, inspiring. That's gonna be the number one word because um coming up in New York City in the eighties, um, I was kinda young, so I would basically see my dad. He used to be he's a he's a DJ now, still to this day. He was the one like doing big jams in the parks and stuff like that. And you know, you had like the um the guest that's crew and all these other crews from different locations to come to the amphitheater, they would dance, they do graffiti, all this stuff. And it was just like, you know what? It was freedom of expression, you know? inspiring to do whatever you want to do, how you want to do it, and then it, rep- it represented the neighborhood where you came from. So when you see the guy next door that had the big old Kango hat on with the big rope chain, you understood what it was about. It was a culture. It was a lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? You wanted to be a part of it because it was no, it was nobody telling you that you couldn't, you know? And the way the right. world is, you, you can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when you have a culture that's so rich in uh, um, just people just trying to be together, work together and, 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 and love and trust one another and have fun and put it in music, it was just peaceful, you know? Um, as it evolved to, you know, gangster rap, it evolved to different other type of music, it, it became frustrating because we lost the B.I.G., we lost the Tupac, you know? Um, and Diddy took over and just started making all these remixes and made everybody start partying again and get our mind off of it. These are things that let the emotions just flow out and the people know, like, you're not in this by yourself, <laughs> you know? Every culture that you see that you don't raise with as far as Puerto Ricans, Italians, or anybody, any other ethnicity, 
they let you know that you can be a part of whatever hip hop was because everybody's going through the same thing and just in their own culture. And when you put it all together, you realize you was all the same people, you know? So it was all about inspiring, let people know that you're here to support them and ready to vent when they're kind of frustrated, when they're happy, you know, when, when they want to be like teammates. All that music just made you feel like you was a part of something and nobody can take it away, you know? And like I said, my dad, he's the one to play all of the old school hip hop and all that stuff in the house. So I was like, you know, well, what is this? I didn't know what was going on, you know? But then as I got older, I started realizing, like, all these guys was people that I seen in my neighborhood. I'm like, wow, I remember this guy. Wow, I remember that guy. But I was so young to really embrace it. As I got older, I just got like, okay, now I understand why the culture was what it was, you know? It was all about everybody just working together, having fun, you know? And just, like I said, creating something out of nothing. <laughs> you know, we had so much diversity, like, towards us growing up with cops and then police brutality and then not getting all these opportunities that other, other ethnicities would get. So hip-hop was a way for us to form our voice, make money, um, entertain, and, you know, just be us, make our standpoint, you know? So that's, that's what I gathered from the 80s. And as I got older, things didn't change. Now we got trap music. Everybody's putting music online. It's a whole nother plethora of ways of consuming the music now. And that's like right. what I like about it now, you know? You feel about some of that shit because it's so many years. It's like I had to condense it all, <laughs> you know? So Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we were just talking about it earlier before we actually started the interview, you know, how mm-hmm. different uh, everything was years ago compared to today. I mean, the way just technology keeps growing and, and at the yeah, fast pace it keeps moving forward, it makes mm-hmm. – it makes the things uh, that people like you and I want to do more attainable mm-hmm. because everything exactly. is digital and everything is, is feasible now. You know, the mm-hmm. different distribution platforms, the different ways to film, yeah. or, uh, you know, footage or record audio or, or, or lyrics or, or whatever it is, just as we were discussing mm-hmm. earlier. So I don't yeah. disagree with that either. I, I love where, where technology is bringing the entertainment industry as a whole. I think it gives everybody yep. – um, a, a bigger chance to strive for more. And I think it and brings... you know what it is. And I think, and I'm glad it's going in that direction. Cause just like we talked about what um, Hollywood had those big cameras back in the days that nobody really could afford. Mm-hmm. So when they put mm-hmm. out these big movies, you really couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't follow these footsteps. You didn't have the opportunity, even though you could have been a, a, a brilliant producer, or have some brilliant ideas. Now it, right. it, it, it levels the playing field, you know, mm-hmm. now it's all about your drive your commitment and your creativity, you know, and sometimes that's all you need is opportunity, you know, and some people say I can't do it because I don't got this $10,000 camera, but that's not true nowadays, you know, and like the innovators make us feel like, you know what, if, I, if they can do it, I can do it, <laughs> you know, so this is why you know, got a podcast today, you know, like I said, back in right. the days, only, only time you'd have heard the radio, if you had a radio in your house, you know, a lot of people didn't have radio stations, now you could do it on the go, you know, you could sit in your car or whatever, you know. And that's the Absolutely. ease of just, you know, going along with technology. So everybody could be a part of something. And that's like, a, it just piggybacks off hip-hop once again. Everybody coming together to for a common cause. Just, just, just to create, you know what I'm saying, and motivate and inspire people, you know? And I, and, and I love how technology, too, has has um, has conformed in such a way to educate. Like, you know, yeah. YouTube. You know, if you don't yeah. understand something... <laughs> Just go to fucking YouTube, man. YouTube. Listen, you know Lindsay, the, 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 no, no bullshit. The other day, mm-hmm. the alternator went on my truck. Mm-hmm. And through YouTube, I yeah. changed the alternator on my truck myself. Look at that. See? And you know funny, what I mean? Like, my, <laughs> I had a podcast. My friend, um, JP Podcast, he came to my home. He did a video podcast. 
And uh, he asked me the same question, like, how did I learn a lot of stuff? And I said, YouTube University. YouTube. Yeah, so you know, YouTube like, you University, right? I'm like, I'm like, oh uh, well, it can be. Us. I'm sitting here for eight to ten hours, so clearly I'm learning. So obviously that's why I put YouTube University, you know. You and, should be uh, earning a master's degree, right? That's it, man. That's you know, what's so funny by me putting so many hours. In, cause I, I watch a lot of different things. I always just audio and video. So when I'm talking to people yeah. and they ask me certain things and I have to answer, how the hell did you know that? <laughs> you know, I'm like, hey, listen, man, I'm an inquisitive mind. You dig what I'm saying? Once I understood that right. you can get all this information, why not take advantage of now? Because at one point when they take the internet away from us, then what you're going to do. A lot of these books you can't get <laughs> no more, they not, you know what I'm saying? They, they make it to where you have to mm-hmm. streamline. They're giving you what they want you to understand. And I said, I'm soaking it right. all up while, while my marbles are still together. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm yeah, the same way, dude. I'm on YouTube all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking mm-hmm. up, you know, ways to film, ways to make the podcast better, ways to promote, yeah. uh, ways to mm-hmm. leverage social media, ways to distribute. Yeah. Like, I, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm on YouTube all day, every day. If, if you know, that was a job, I'd be a millionaire. You know, I done built my own website because you watching YouTube videos, right? That's I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Totally understand. <laughs> and, and everybody's like, how did you do this? Because I remember the main reason why, I, 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 this is how I really got locked on YouTube. Once I realized I wanted to make beats and want to do engineering, I said, I need a website because this is going to separate me from the people that right. already got things going on opposed to people yes. that don't, and I can separate myself again. So I went to a webmaster, and I said, hey, listen, I want to set up this website. Uh, how much going to cost me? He told me, he said, just to, he said, just to do the graphics and the host on his website is going to cost $6,000. I looked at wow. it with a look like, Dude, are you killing me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so I, said, I said, you know what? I said, I get it. I said, if you want to be at that next level, you're going to have to invest. So I get it. I'm not scared of investing, but I said, you know, let me be a smart investor. Let me ask around, get second opinions, see other, other opportunities out there and see what's going on. Now, I, I sure. ran this idea by one of my friends, and he was like, well, you know what? You can just go get a, um, a Blue Host account yourself. Well, I have somebody else um, host, host your stuff. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, dude, this is somebody that can put your website up, you know what I'm saying? And you do your own graphics and put your stuff on that you want. You just have to be your own webmaster. He said, you don't know how to code? That's fine. You can just use books and find out. So I said, okay, we'll look into this. I looked on YouTube, and I said, how to start your own website <laughs> with no money. And sure enough, a lot of tips that came out was, you know, going to Bluehost. That's, it was Gator, I think, and Bluehost. Those are the main two that was out. There's so many more hosting platforms mm-hmm. now. And then once I got those platforms, right. I realized, okay, now how I'm going to do the graphics. Then I found out there were templates. So I said, oh, wow. You know, so I started looking at the templates, and then I sure. started noticing that half these templates look just like the websites I go to now. So I'm looking like, wait a minute. All I got to do is download <laughs> this, add my graphics, get the font, get my pictures, and get my media ready. I'm good. Even though it's not more than stuff down the line, coming like motion sure, and stuff sure. like that. But, you know, but I'm looking like, wait a minute, like, this is simple. And once I, once I was able to get my front page done, and I had little introductions up there, my, with my home photo of me with an NPC, that's like a beat maker machine. And I'm like, you have to do this. And, and that's just, just set me on my way. You know, it set me on my way. And I'm like, wow, if I can do this, ain't nothing I cannot do. You know, because you sure. would think that being in the computer field and coding and, and websites is something that's unattainable unless you went to school for, for five years straight. You know, but unfortunately it's not. It's just you got to have the right pieces, the know-how, and then the time is there to put the hours in. You know, which I had because I wasn't really working like that much. So I had a lot of free time and I was able to put stuff together. I'm looking like, wow. And I sense like you've kind of moved away from it because the website is just there. But I kind of do more like one-on-one networking with people now. The website is more of a reference piece where when I say, hey, I do this, I do that. 
check out my website, you can just see the work I've done, you know? So I really don't, sure. I really don't use the website as far as promoting a service. It's just so you can see what I have done. And I, and I, and I base my interaction on trying to sell you the, sell you the idea of I'm a good, I'm a good person to do business with, you know, cause I have the right. background, I have the equipment and, and I'm, and I'm presenting it professionally. You know what I'm saying? Which all sure. the other companies that get the good contracts and the good people who do a benefit them do the same way. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So, like You're I right. Said, it's, not, it's so much profession. It's in my you hand somebody across the head. Let's do business. Here's my card. Here's my website. My contact information is there as well. You can look at my content. If you want to do some business, by all means, just give me a call. You know, that feels so good to say that. And you know that you can stand on that. Opposed to, you know, giving somebody a card, you know, you don't have nothing to stand on. And they can look at you like, well, I'm going to go. Do like I did, ask the third or fourth person and give different other ideas and other people that, that work in this field and see who give me a better better um opportunity to work with them. But now I know I'm in the running field with them. <laughs> you know? So No, man, absolutely. It's, it's a lot that it's a lot that comes with it. But you're right, YouTube University, man. I I I implore anybody, if you got time, anything you want to learn, man, to jump on YouTube. And I guess it's it's getting saturated now. So you gotta really be patient and find the right person that can give you some information because a lot of stuff can be fugazi. But, you know, after a certain couple of minutes, you can tell if somebody's being honest about it or if it's attainable. Because it's like I type one thing and, like, 50 videos come up. So I'm like, which one am I going to watch? <laughs> you know? And then you end up watching all 50 anyway. Yeah. And then it's funny because one has four minutes, the next one will be an hour. So I'm looking like, well, if he gives me an hour, <laughs> he's going to give me way more than what this four minutes he's going to give me. You dig what I'm saying? So that's like a process yeah. elimination right there. But it makes it makes things so much more easier. And, and it said – Everybody's doing it, so don't feel like you know it's a cheat code. I feel like it is a cheat code. Um, just like I said, it's how you use that thing of the day. And I always Everybody's try to pay homage. Yeah, I always try to pay homage to whatever channel I watch or whoever um, I take a liking to. I try to repost some of their quotes or some of their videos on my IG, but there's Instagram for people that I don't know. And let people know, like, hey, listen, I'm watching your stuff, man. Appreciate it because. You probably got me the opportunity that I have now by just watching your information. You know what I'm saying? I mean, listen, if it wasn't wasn't for YouTube, I wouldn't have this podcast. I'll be honest with you. I I, I honestly, I've been thinking about doing a podcast for probably a year and a half before I actually launched this one. I just knew nothing about it, and Uh I couldn't couldn't settle down on uh, what what type of format I wanted, what what type of content I wanted. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know enough about it, but I went on YouTube and I I watched you know fifty different videos about podcasting and and mm-hmm. and how to launch one and how to format mm-hmm. it and, and and here we are yeah. today. So YouTube yeah. University is definitely a good tool. Man. <laughs> um, I want I, I want to take it back to um, mm-hmm. I want to take it back to you in the music industry your passion mm-hmm. for music, when was it, you know, and I ask everybody the same question, when was it, like, can you recall the exact moment that you were bitten by the bug and you were like, this is what I'm going to do oh, for yeah. the rest of my life? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which uh, was this it? Is, I, I know. Okay. So, you know, coming up, coming up on Lower East Side, you know, some from the projects and, you know, in, in Lower East Side Manhattan, it has a whole bunch of community centers. Um, I was employed by a community center called Grand Street Settlement. Um, Inside of Grand Street Center, they had, like, a lot of, like, extracurricular activity programs, like um, basketball, um, artsy stuff. And they had, like, a digital media arts program or a production program. And there was this kid in there one day. His name was Fanon. And um, we was inside of there, and they had the free loops. I think it was 2.5 or something like that. Free loops, for those that don't know, is a, is a music production um, software now. 
Um, it's called it's called FL Studio now, but it was originally Fruity Loops. Um, and he was in there making a beat. I forgot what artist it was. I think it was um, what's this guy's name? Uh, he's from the South. Um, Little Flip. Um, he had a song called Sunshine. And um, and there's another song from Nelly. I forgot Nelly's first single. Anyway, Fanon um, was in there messing with both these beats, right? And he said, listen, I'm going to see how I can recreate it. So he started using the drum pattern and making the same drum pattern. And it sounded just like the song. So I'm looking like, wait a minute, hold up. He's doing something. So I said to myself, okay, you know what? I want to get home and get my own software and make beats myself. And, you know, I wound up getting the software, got on home. I had a computer that was like like on his last leg. I had the side was off. You could see the inside, the guts. It was just horrible. But, you know, when you was young, I wasn't <laughs> working. I was getting pieces from people, just putting it together. And, uh, you know, sure. I started making pieces. You were like making that, it happen. You, know? you were making it, you were making making it, it work happen. for you. I was right. using, for my speakers, I was using computer speakers. So they would sound like, like you know, like like $5 speakers. It was horrible. But I, <laughs> I feel like I was doing something, you know what I'm saying? It keep me out of trouble. Sure. And, and, I, and I was just learning the crap as I, I went along. And I knew that. The freedom like I, I, I was getting out of it was, like I said, I can potentially make money, I can get my expression off, and it's something that I like to do. You know what I'm saying? I love the I love the research aspect of it. I love the focus aspect of it. And I love when it comes down to making a finished product and if somebody listens to it and likes it, and they're like, yo, this is how they're smiling, or they rapping to it, or they're saying, hey, can I use your product? That lets you know the validation of all the hard work that you put in. And sure. that's what hip hop is, you know. All the hard work and the validation that you put in makes people gravitate to you and want to use your legacy to move on in life, you know. And mm-hmm. I say, you know what? Hey, I can do this all day. I don't gotta repay nobody. Um, I gotta find something to do. And where I'm from, everybody wants to rap, so supply and demand, <laughs> you know. Right. So I wanted, I wanted using that angle, and then as I started getting better at it, I started going to different people's houses. My friends that was doing the same thing. Some that was on a, a on a on a, a higher level as far as buying more equipment or had more experience than me, I would pick their brain. I would see what equipment they would use. I would ask them questions and I would research. You know, so to know what know what I could buy that could get my sound better, how to get my technique better, you know, and stuff like that. And then as you know, 10, 15 years later, here I am now with my own company. Now I'm doing videos. <laughs> One right. making beats and engineering for people. So it's like you would have never thought that 15 years ago that it would grow to this this part. But I knew as long as I start somewhere or something that I like to do or something that was intriguing that it disguised the limit. You can do whatever you want to do, you know? So yeah, and when did you set them in? Mm-hmm. Set it off. And when, 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 did you, when did you realize, Lynn, that, that um, when did you realize that this was a moneymaker? Like, like when did oh, you realize? Yeah. Cause, cause, <laughs> you, you, listen, yeah. much like filmmaking, there's so mm-hmm. many different aspects to filmmaking mm-hmm. that you could get into and make a yeah. living out of. Um, mm-hmm. What made you settle on this? I think like I this think, particular being an audio engineer, creating beats yeah. uh, for hip hop artists to put their lyrics to, uh, to mm-hmm. to then you know. Um, mm-hmm go into videography and actually be the yeah. guy behind the camera making their music videos for them. What, when did you realize that this, this part of the business is where your creativity shines the most? I think, I think it came down to, uh, it, I used to follow a producer called Superstar O, which he's still currently one of the um, most um, online top selling producers that was putting out beats when I first started. And, um, you know, by selling them online and stuff like that. And I could really see his platform. He was selling them for 29 30 bucks. 
and I'm looking like, wait a minute, he has over 2,000 beats on his website. If you do the, if you do the math, if somebody buys EP beats at 20, 30 a pop, that's a lot of money right there. Especially when I'm knowing that I want to um, purchase a, a beat machine that may be $2,000. I wasn't working, so how am I going to get that? Mom's couldn't afford that. Dad, you know, he would give me whatever he could when he could. And it's like, you know, okay, well, if people like my stuff and I can sell it, it can become lucrative. That was the whole game plan, just to get bigger and better equipment, get more and more mm-hmm. stuff. So when people came around me and see, see my setup, they're looking at it like, oh, he got everything I need, so I know I'm going to invest in him because it's going to sound good and get what I need, you know? That was that that was the turning point for me, and all I wanted to do was just get the equipment to make it sound good, you know. But then now I started branching out, going to other people's studios, and I realized, you know, when somebody has a studio on um, 28th Street and like Ninth Avenue in, in New York City, where the rent is like fourteen hundred dollars a month, and you know they they have the plush living room set out there, they have the big old mixing board, they have the bathroom, they have like the lighting on the terrace. It looks dope because now the artists can bring their they entourage, they can bring their label mates, and they can really get in the vibe to. Put, Produce great music, opposed to just being in one little room in somebody's apartment. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you know those those kind of you know milestones makes it look ten times more professional. And then it costs to maintain that lifestyle. So if I could do it for free all day, I would. But I know realistically, you have to make sure that you make something out of it because you're always going to grow and 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 progress. You know, and and offer more to your clients. I want my client to come in and say, Hey, I want to lock in for four days straight. I got a bedroom in the back. You can sleep in the studio now. You know what I'm saying? Opposed sure. to you have to go home, make a long travel, maybe the Long Island or wherever you're coming from, then come back the next day. I want you to stay in your element. I want to be like, a, I want to provide the service that you would need. So, you know, once I said, it started from just watching a producer online, selling his stuff, and he's doing it because he's one of the founders of selling online. So I said, wait, this guy's doing it. I got to find a way to do it myself. And then my friend's like, hey, listen, you know what? You're good. I want to purchase your services, do this. And when the money starts coming in, it's like an addiction at that point. Because now it's like, okay, now you're validated. Now you're doing something that makes sense for you, helps other people, and you're leaving a legacy on top of working your nine to five or whatever else that you're doing. You know, it's just an extension of your lifestyle. Like when you're going with your legacy, what do you want to do? You want to say, what did you do while you were here all this time? You know, and, and the hardest thing in my life is finding out what you're good at. You know, and once you understand what you're good at, it makes things easier for you to say, okay, I'm adapt in this direction and put my all into this. So just to sum it up in a nutshell, just to keep the lights on, to build bigger and better stuff and get better, better um, skills, I would take the money from what I was getting from people that wanted what I need from me, if it was a beat, if it was engineering, if it was a videography, and I would take the money, put it back in the company, you know? And then after that, I realized it's, it's a common practice, you know? If you work for a nine-to-five company, they're doing the same thing. They're hiring for you to help their, their company progress, and that the proceeds, they take it, they can give you raises, and they can give you bonuses, or they just pay your regular salary, and you continue to go on, and everything grows. So I looked at that model as, okay, this has to be a business because I want to sustain itself at some point. I want to be able to employ people, so now I don't got to do it no more, and other people would just work for me, and I can give them opportunities, you know? So that's just like starting from the beginning to now. So so many layers to it, but that's just anybody's journey that just starts anything entrepreneurial, especially doing something with video and, and, and audio, you know? And when did you um when did you really start to dive into it head first? When did you when did you really start to pick up steam and, and roll with it and get clients and get business and build your grow okay, your I would company? Because fifteen I years would ago, say, fifteen years yeah. ago you started fucking around with the mixing board. Fifteen yeah. years ago you got inspired. <laughs> fifteen years ago you had the computer with one side. 
Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. From 15 years ago till now. Yeah, I would say 2019 now. I would say 2015 was the turning point when I dropped my website and I started really being confident in my skills and starting putting mm-hmm. out different people to, you know, to, to network with me really on another level. Because remember, it was just basically locally. So now I don't mind working with somebody to hit me up online from maybe from from Canada. A guy from Canada hit me one day. Say, hey, I like your beats. Can you um can you send me something? I sent him something. He did a song. It came out okay. I don't understand the language he was using. But it was dope, you know. Once that happened to me, I was like, yo, like, you know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because in the beat, in my eyes, I didn't think it was that great. But you, you never know what somebody's feeling that day and what they're looking for. So don't ever right. second guess yourself. But like around 2015 is like when I really felt like, okay, I can do this and don't got to be scared about it. Because no, one thing I did learn from researching from when I started to now was every producer or engineer that I've ever watched them talk. Or, or watch them um, produce online or anything like that. One thing they got in comedy is that, excuse me, not comedy, and um, common is that um, they don't know everything. They're still learning every day as they go along. Sure. How many is it put in? You know, like it's funny when, you know, I, I was at a, a producer conference and I told this guy I use a Navy machine as one of my, my go-to pieces to produce the music. So he's like, oh, yeah, I got the machine too. He said, but uh, he said, my problem I'm having now is basically like, when I leave my house, I'm going to have my studio with me. I can't bring the beat machine with me, even though it's mobile, but it's kind of big, right? So I said, well, you don't got to do that no more. You know they have the app on your phone, right? You can basically start it and just basically get home and, and finish. He's like, what? So I showed it to him. He was like, you know, I didn't know they had this. This guy been making beats for almost 25 years. And you're teaching him and something. Him. Yeah, so it, it, was just, it was just one of the moments where, like I said, I paid it forward because watching him, I was able to get so many different types of skills and tidbits from watching him. And here it is, I'm telling this guy, like, here, check this out. You know what I'm saying? And then this, he's not even a, a big-name producer. He's just a local producer from the neighborhood, and he loves being in that spot. So he don't got to get too big of a celebrity, but he can have the track record of dropping all his music. And he has total control of his catalog, which is which is dope. So I'm like, oh, snap. You know, and it was, it was just so sure. dope that I was able to be the newcomer and say, hey, look what I know. <laughs> you know, and say, hey, get, get this, and you can be able to do your thing on the go. And it gives him another layer to his skill set now, you know. So that's what we do it for, you know. We're going to give and pay, pay it forward, you know. So, yeah. So 2015 is basically when I officially felt like, hey, I can I can walk into somebody's studio and, and do a session or I can produce somebody on a spot or I can shoot a video because now, like, you know, there's no fear at this point because all, all somebody can do is tell you no that they don't want to do business or if you mess up on a shoot, you'll learn from it. You know, so you mess up in the session, you'll learn from it, you know. So yeah. I'm glad you said that because you said something mm-hmm. earlier that, that, you know, 2015, mm-hmm. that's when you really became confident in your in your skills mm-hmm. and in your craft. And mm-hmm. to me, that I think that's the most important for anybody. You know, they yeah. no, no matter what it is you do in life, you mm-hmm. as an individual have to be confident in yourself before anybody mm-hmm. else can be. You know, I, I feel like so often we as, you know, creative people turn to everybody else around us and and kind of seek validation about what it is we want to do, what it is we are doing, is, is what we have done good enough. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I just think, you know, forget all that bullshit. Like, nobody mm-hmm. else matters. You know, yeah. if this is something yeah. that, like, you know, like you and I, we're doing it because it's what we enjoy doing. It's our calling. Mm-hmm. It's what we love to do. Um, whether we get rich off it or not, it's always mm-hmm. going to be a part of us. Then it doesn't no matter. Nobody what. else's validation matters. 
You know, as long as we believe in ourselves that we're good enough to do what we to continue to do what we love to do, it shouldn't matter what anybody else says or thinks. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of people kind of hold back a little bit uh, with what they want to do, truly, truly mm-hmm. want to do in life because mm-hmm. they're afraid of what everybody else might say or think of it. Um, and I just want to throw that out there for the people listening. Like, fuck that bullshit. For, forget about what your parents think. Forget about what your friends and your siblings and your cousins and everybody else thinks. You know, if yeah. there's something yeah. that you're dying to do and try, jump off that, that cliff. <laughs> hit every rock on the way down because that's the only way you're going to learn. Like Steve Harvey said, hit every rock on the way down, man, because that's the only way you're going to learn. And perfect what it is you love to do. You know? And you should do something all day. And, and don't worry about if the money's going to come in. You know you love it. So you're going to give it to yeah, all. Absolutely. You're going to give it to all. The money's just extra. The money's <laughs> allowing you to grow to get bigger and better equipment and right. get bigger and better opportunities. So now absolutely. I have a platform to help everybody else. Just, just look at the levels that you climb, man. That's what it's about, you know? Yep. Bro, it's like, you know, it, it's so crazy because there are times, like I, I live a little bit upstate New York now. Um, mm-hmm. And there are, there are times where I will have to get up at 3.30 in the morning to be on mm-hmm. set for whatever it is I might be cast in or filming at the time, you know, to be mm-hmm. there for a five, 5.30, 6 a.m. call time. Yeah. And I don't care. Like, it doesn't bother me. I could go to bed at midnight at 3.30. I'm jumping up out of bed excited and ready to mm-hmm. rock and roll. And I don't mind ready that drive, that long, dark. You know, I don't mind that mm-hmm. long, dark drive, an hour and a Nobody's half. Nobody's outside. <laughs> yep. You know, but you, but, but I, if I, I got to get up for work at three thirty in the morning. I got to get up for that mm-hmm. nine to five at three thirty in the morning. I'm fucking yeah, miserable. Yeah, man. Because you, know, you, you feel your body being forced to do something that's not natural, and you're doing you it for survival. So you're looking. Yeah. At, so when you got a chance to do something that you love, and and it's not going to mm-hmm. take away from anything mentally, but just peace. You're gonna give it your all, man, and that's what everybody's looking for. If there was no nine to fives and everybody could live rent free, you have a lot more creative people in this world, a lot more, a lot more harmonious situations going on because everybody don't gotta be having a right. cutthroat mentality or, or, yep. or you know always trying to you know go extra hard for stuff yep. that you know really doesn't matter just to make people feel like they're gonna validate them or love them. Like right now, it's like oh man, like you know, yep. it'd be a lot more collaboration in the world too. I think yeah, if people did mm-hmm. what they really mm-hmm. love to do, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There'd be a lot more mm-hmm. unity. I do agree with that. Uh, I want to ask you, I want to ask you, you know, we we were talking about old school hip hop earlier and you look at, you look at like the old school legends, uh, like, you know, Ice Cube, Ice T, um, you know, uh, LL Cool J. What do you think about, about these, these artists who built their brand, who built their name off the back of hip hop? and parlayed that into a film or a television career and left hip-hop alone mm. or abandoned hip-hop, so to speak. I mean, I can't tell you the last time I see put out an album. You know yeah. what I mean? But I can tell you well, that he, he, I can tell you he's on, he's on NBC every Thursday night at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, so what, mm-hmm. as somebody who's, who, whose passion is the music industry, how do you feel about it? Because people ask me, a lot, of, a lot. Believe it or not, you know. How do you feel about uh-huh. you know, Ice T or Ice Cube, who has who who built their name in a completely different facet of the entertainment industry and parlayed into your industry? And I mean, if you can do it, kudos. You know. Yeah. If you can do it and um, and survive, kudos. Yeah. 
But yeah. as somebody who's in the music industry, who grew up listening to these individuals, who who quite possibly might have been inspired by their lyrics or their words at one time, how do you feel mm-hmm. about that? How, how do you feel about them making that transition from music to film and television, and kind of leaving yeah. the music industry behind? I feel like um, it's all about evolution, regardless. Um, okay. Back in the days, if you look at how people was getting paid in the record industry back in the days, you wasn't making a lot of money. The record labels are still kind of, you know, taking all the money, taking all the credit. You would have the same. And some people didn't have the business savvy to know when to jump out of the music industry and do something else that's more lucrative. These guys mm-hmm. that you mentioned had the opportunity and the mindset to say, hey, I know this may not last forever, so i got to set my family up or set my my, my legacy up so I can continue to make money, I can continue to be relevant, and I can just move on. Um, that's the end goal of, of creating opportunity because even though you see Ice Cube on TV, I know right now he can jump in the booth and give you a trick 16 if he needed to. Rapping, you can never lose rapping. Rapping is about lifestyle. It's about, it's about everything that you go through, about talking about those experiences. And I know they have way more experiences um, now than back then when they were just young growing up. You know, because now it's a whole different culture. It's a whole different world. You know, and now right. they get opportunities where maybe they can have some of the new artists get on a show with them because they have the relevance to they able to talk to a rapper because they have that stamp of approval from coming as rappers and now being uh, TV stars and stuff like that. So I really don't see a problem with it. What I just what I do have a problem with is when these new artists come in now and they don't pay them homage and look at them like a LL Cool J or Ice T and say, well, they're a sellout because they went to the movies. No, they were smart because the music industry was not giving them they just dues. They was they was they was at a level to where they knew they needed to excel and do something different. Because if not, they still wouldn't be him be relevant to this day. And all that legacy that they started when they was younger, it would have been for nothing. So I, I applaud them for basically doing what they're doing and and, and transitioning to being businessmen and, and, and celebrities on TV. Like I watch NCIS Los Angeles, LL Cool J's on. I love that show because it's LL Cool J. Now, if he wouldn't have been a rapper, I probably wouldn't. Have, I probably would never really watch the show. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so it was like cross branding. You got yeah, into the show because of yeah. right because you knew him from exactly. hip hop. Exactly. And now you okay. look at these corporations. You look at these corporations. It's okay. Well, we have an idea to put a show out, but we have to make sure it's relevant in the sales. How do we do that? Then you have that that marketing engineer says, Hey, well, you know what? Let's get these individuals. They have a following. They're likable, you know, they have a history of doing great business, and they have music that stands the test of time that makes people feel good. If it aligns with our show ideology, then why not um, sign this guy on for a 16-season episode, you know, something like that. And now that you know, you got somebody on TV that we, 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 we come to know and love and understand their journey and want to see them succeed, you know. I, don't, I, just, I just love it. I tell the people all the time, you can't stay doing one thing forever. I might I might evolve it to do a poetry after all this. I don't know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it gives me opportunities. Hey, I'm with it, you know. But it's um, all about I, being I, creative. I, I don't, yeah, it's all about being creative, man. And these people are born stars, and they let you know that it, it, it shows you that you can do whatever you want to do. Like I love right. the path that Jay He's been taking, you know, from a cornerboy drug dealer to entrepreneur selling the clothes to to being a rapper to now being a a, a corporation owner. You know what I'm saying? An investor. You know what I'm saying? It's just so much. Owning title, owning liquor, owning everything that he put his hands on, he knows that why can't I control what I love? And why can't I control and make business out of the decisions that I want? Yes. Instead of people giving me opportunities, I'm making opportunities for everybody else. And if he wanted right. to transition, we wouldn't have those opportunities. 
So I, I'm all for it. I just feel like, you know, just pay it forward. If you get to that level, make sure you bring your people with you. Make sure you put people on that deserve it. And, and be dope. <laughs> you know, just be dope. Well, you know, when people see his name, it's like, you know, Jesus God. Like, you know, because he's dope. <laughs> you know? Well, he's rap, okay, he's rapper, swag, all that, you know? So, yeah, we're definitely in a generation now where you can make your own opportunities. <laughs> So exactly, exactly. It's yeah. very important to acknowledge and to accept and to mm-hmm. embrace because opportunity mm-hmm. is everywhere, especially with technology mm-hmm. and the Internet. Opportunity is everywhere. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're going to wind down this podcast uh, episode, okay. Lynn. I just want to uh, I want to ask you one more question. Sure. Um, is there any advice you could give anybody listening? Uh, if you could give them any piece of advice in terms of mm-hmm. chasing their dreams or uh, chasing their passion, following their passion, uh, what mm-hmm. would you say to them? Uh, first of all, I would say just stay committed. Just know that Rome wasn't built in the day. Your career or, or your dreams won't be built in the day. Some people get lucky, but some people just don't. Just know that it's going to take time. Develop your skill. Develop confidence. And when you get your opportunity, just be ready. That's all it's about. That's all it's about, you know. And the worst somebody can tell you is no. But for every no that you're going to get, there's going to be 10,000 yeses that you may, you may get. But you got to keep pushing, keep striving. And certainly, like, surround yourself with people that are like-minded as well because they'll motivate you in a way where sometimes you may not be motivated, but somebody that has the same like-minded mind because it saves something to spark you or your, your motivation for that day. And, you know, like I said, just have fun. Live life, just like think about your legacy at the end of the day, what you want to leave behind and, and what you want to put your all into. Because we all got one chance on this earth, you know, and you got to do the most you can with it. So just stay focused. Um, don't care what nobody say. Love yourself. Be confident. And I think you'll be fine. And, and study. Study the craft. You got to study the craft. You know, study the people that came before you because those are the people that's going to give you opportunities because you never know who you're going to bump into. <laughs> you know? It's true. It's very true good to have a conversation with somebody that does the same thing that you're doing and for that mindset that you have that person that can relate and probably see things in you that he sees in himself when he was younger and want to work with you now and now those doors can open up so like i said just stay focused be confident study know that it's going to take time but you can do whatever you want to do in this world so, yeah that's what i would pass off to anybody that's trying to pursue their dream of being an awesome. entrepreneur or just doing anything, and, and it's good luck, man. You know, good luck. There's a lot of competition it. out here. <laughs> so, I love it. Yeah. I love it. A lot of competition, but I love it. Very well said. Very mm-hmm. well said. Where can yeah. people find you, Linz? Okay, well, um, I have my website, which is www.linzproductions.com. That's spelled L-I-N-N-D-Z productions.com. Um, on Instagram, I'm Linz Productions with a Z instead of an S at the end. Um, I'm on Facebook as Linz Productions as well. Uh, I'm always available. Just um, look up look up those social media links right there, and it's easy to find if you need. Lens Productions Productions mm-hmm. has a Z. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, right. that's awesome, IG. Man. Instagram is IG. It's L I N N D Z Productions with a Z. Um, but if you go to my website, it's Productions with an S. L I N N D Z Productions dot com, and you can find me there. Awesome. Awesome. And this is a very talented individual. It deals with videography, oh, audio, audio engineering for anybody who's listening, who's looking for somebody to mix up beats, looking for somebody mm-hmm. to get behind them and get them to the next level. Check out Lynn's Productions. You heard everything right mm-hmm. there, lynnsproductions.com, uh, Facebook, Instagram, also Lynn's Productions mm-hmm. with a Z. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, re- reach out to him. 
Do you have any of your stuff online? Um, yeah, you can you can go to YouTube and type in introductions. I have like I have some videos up there. I have interviews with some of the artists I work with promoting their music and stuff like that. Um, that's the go-to right now. I'm working on this next marketing ways to how to get on multiple platforms. But for okay. right now, you know, that's the main thing is YouTube, Instagram, and then my main website. Uh, like I said, coming in 2020, that's the next rollout uh, for marketing. How we're gonna get all this like all these different platforms. So when people start searching for me, it's easy to Google me and find me without no problem. So yeah. awesome, awesome, buddy. Listen, thank you again. I appreciate your time, oh, thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for being a part of this podcast. I know we've uh, we tried to make this yeah. happen a few different times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad, glad man. I'm, done today. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm 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 actually kind of sad to wind it down because I'm inspired again. Mm-hmm. You always inspire me, baby. You always inspire hey, me. Hey, listen. You know what? Um, I'm I'm gonna leave you with this. You know what I'm thinking? Um, my first podcast. This is my first, my second talking to you. Um, the first one was a video. Let's do a video. Let's make a special edition video podcast or something so I could be helpful, you know? And let's, let's take it to another level. You know what I'm saying? Get another, get another, like another guest, and I shoot it, man. Let's, let's, let's put it together, all right? <laughs> I like that. I like that. Let's do that. I'm going to take you up yeah, on that, man. Let's it's do good. that. It's good to listen to people, but sometimes I'm a type of person. I want to see who I'm listening to. You know, I want to see the environment. I want to see the interaction, you know? So let's work it out. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, let's, let's figure right. that out because I, I actually was thinking about that. I would actually enjoy doing that with you. Okay, sounds good. Let me know. All right. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Linz. I appreciate it very much. Anytime, brother. Anytime. And uh, and you got it. Thank you. This has been a Biagi Films produced podcast.
Welcome to The Rise. I'm your host, Mark Basil. This is the podcast where we talk industry, we talk business, we talk shit, we motivate, and we get things done.